0: I've got to meet Pastor Ron and Dee, and it's interesting, this um, situation is really interesting. And I have been um, encouraged by Pastor Ron, and, um, and this church really has been been blessed. I have the privilege of speaking all over and talking to different senior pastors and Doing things like that, but there's, and I'm not, I don't just say stuff like this, And but there's something really special about Pastor Ron and his wife Dee, and so this definitely is a church that God's hand has been upon, and it's exciting to see what happens in the future. So thank you for inviting me and, uh, <laughs> and putting up with me. <laughs> well, uh, I married an Australian, and uh, there you go. Any other Australians in here? We got, oh, just one? Oh, you, you don't want any other Australians in here? Uh, we are that we want we yes, you are determined. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> so I married an Australian, and, uh, and I thought I'd tell you a little bit about uh, our story and on how we got together to let you know how smooth I am. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking and introduced and, and all that, and then, you know, something sparks within you like, huh, I kind of like her. But I want to get to know more about her. And I'm thinking, what is the best way to get to know more about somebody? You stalk them online. It's true. How many of you have done that? Yeah, that's what I thought. So I went to her MySpace page. Don't judge. That was a while ago. And I found out different things that she likes and and, and all of that. And I figure she's from Australia, so she should probably know how to surf. She probably had like a pet kangaroo growing up (laughs) named Skippy. Uh, She she probably wrestled crocodiles, you know, in like preschool. And so I said, I I asked her, I said, hey, um, uh, you know, can I I take you out? And I didn't want to do just dinner and a movie. I wanted to do something that she would remember. Whether the date was going to be good or bad, I wanted her to remember this first date. So I took her surfing. And I found out she likes Coca-Cola and other things like that. So I had a little picnic for her on the beach, you know, really cool, you know, trying to break the ice, get to know her. And then we went into the water, and I was teaching her how to surf. Now, I was pretending I knew more than I did about surfing. (laughs) Guys kind of do that stuff sometimes. And so we're in the water, and things were going great for 10 minutes, how long? Okay. Things are going great for 10 minutes. How long? The heavens must have opened up because at the 11th minute or whatever it was, a gust of wind came underneath um, my board and it flew up in the air and it came down and it landed on her head. Bam. <laughs> I look at her and there's bump starts protruding from her forehead like a golf ball size. I don't know if it's that, literally that big, but it was a Definitely a bump. And she starts bleeding. And I'm thinking, well, I'm probably going to go to jail because, you know. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then secondly, you know, I've watched enough Shark Weeks that I know what happens when there's blood in the ocean. Because she's bleeding in the water. We're in the ocean at Huntington Beach. And I'm starting to get scared. And I said, hey, we should probably go into shore. And then right as I said that out of the corner of my eye, I see a fin. And I said, oh, darn. <laughs> and, and then I said, let's, let's go back in the shore. And she said, no. Like, no, mate. And I said, why? She goes, I have a knife. I said, what do you mean? She goes in her wetsuit and she pulls out a knife. <laughs> I'm like, who am I going on a date with? Like Crocodile Dundee's daughter, you know? It's like that big. And, and then she jumps on the shark, just kidding. Now. <laughs> There was no shark, no knife that I know of, Uh, but I did hit her on the head with the surfboard. Uh, She did bleed. There was a bump, and um, that was the beginning of our first date. And so while she was still woozy, I tell people, is when I asked her on the second date. So she didn't have a chance to say no. And uh, that was the beginning of our love story. (laughs) That was the beginning of our relationship. Now, I'd, I'd love to be able to tell you that ever since then, we've never had a fight, We've never had any miscommunications. We've never had any of those, um, oh, I didn't mean it when I said this. What I meant was this. And, but that would be make-believe, right? How many of you married? Raise your hand if you married. All right. And raise your hand if you've ever had conflict. <laughs> Some of you put both hands up. What's going on there? <laughs> so we all have relationships. And I want to share with you why relationships are so important. Because if we get relationships wrong and we don't understand the importance of relationships, that's going to affect everything. It will affect how we relate with God. It will affect how we relate with one another. And and it's interesting, as we look at Scripture, we're going to look at the book of Genesis. So if you want to pull it up on your app, or if you have a Bible, you can open up the book of Genesis. And in the book of Genesis, we learn a lot about beginnings. In fact, the book of Genesis means the book of beginning. That's where we learn about creation, and we learn about the first sin, and the fall, as we learn about relationships, so let's look at a, a few passages here and let's see if we could get this concept in our minds about relationships and about how important it is. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, we read that God created human beings in his own image. And the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. In the image of God. Now, if we were to take time and read every uh, passage leading up to this, here's the summary of what we would read. It would say, And God made the trees according to their kinds. God made the land animals according to their kinds. Like the kangaroos according to their kinds. God made the sea animals according to their to their kinds on and on and on then it gets to humanity it gets to men and women and it says let us that pronoun us is very interesting let us make human beings men and women in our image nothing and all of creation, nothing and all of creation, except for humanity, is made in God's image. If you ever feel like you are not valued, if you ever feel like you don't have anything to offer, that you're not special, if you ever feel like you have, uh, um, uh, you know, that you're not worthy, remember the pages and the passages here in Genesis, that that God has created you in his image. You are unique and you have a lot to offer. When we start thinking we have nothing to offer, when we start thinking that we are not good enough or that we are not worthy, understand that we are created in the image of God. And there's a uniqueness in that. Let us create humanity in our image. Then we read in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7 we read that then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. So so we read in Genesis that God breathed his breath Into man and became a living being. His spirit, his breath breathed into him. What is that all about? The breath of God in us, the spirit of God within us. What is that all about? Well, we get a glimpse from the Apostle Paul. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, the Apostle Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit. God breathed into us his breath, his spirit. And here's what Galatians 5, says. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Say love. love. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Say love. love. But the fruit of the spirit is, 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 is love, joy, peace, patience, or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. The first one there is love. If we have the breath of God in us, the 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 what our lives will produce is love. But what's interesting is everything after love is a spin-off of love. Look at this. We, we, We can't have joy if we don't love. We can't have peace. If there's not love within our lives, we're not going to have patience unless there is love in our lives. Love is, 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 is the breath of God within us. Now, let me bring all of this t- t- together because let's go back to Genesis, just, just for a moment. That when God breathed into us his spirit, we see that there's a relational component to that because love is relational. In order to love someone, there's a relationship there. But then we also see that we have the image of God, that we are creating the image of God, everything else according to their kinds, according to their kinds, according to their kinds, but then humanity, we are created in God's image, and that is a fascinating passage because this image of God is something that has a relational component to it. You remember the pronoun there, us, let us? It's this concept that theologians have been discussing for centuries and centuries called the Trinity. It's one God revealed in three persons. It's, it's, it's communicating that, that the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are in perfect unity. It's one God who is unified within himself. Try to figure that out. I don't know. But their God is a relational God, a relational, personal God. And when he breathes into us his spirit, he gives us this relational capability. And you ever wondered why when our relationships are off, we don't feel good? Ever wonder why when, when we're fighting with our spouse or we're fighting with our, our friends or we're fighting with whatever or we're not connecting, with, we just don't feel right? It's because we're created for relationships. That is the foundation here is that God has created you and me for relationships. Why? God's very nature is relational. But relationships aren't easy, are they? Anybody got relationships figured out? Because you should be up here, not me. <laughs> relationships are very challenging. Let's talk about relationships. There's two relationship truths I want to share with you. The first one, it's never just about the other person. So do not look at your spouse, your kids. It's never just about the other person. Number two, we have the ability to choose healthy relationships. We have the ability to choose healthy relationships. Think about that for a moment. Think about the relationships you have right now. Are the relationships you have, are they healthy? Do they encourage you? Or, or when you hang out with certain people, do you go home discouraged? Who is in your life? There is a main cause of all relationship conflicts, a main cause. There, there, there is a main cause, and I want to share with you what that is. But I want to, uh, um, you know, when I was in college, I, I had a, a roommate. His name is Todd. Now, now he's a senior pastor in, in California. And he was my roommate, and we were probably both seniors at the time. And he had this printer from the devil. It was, what I understand, I think it was a dot matrix printer. It would go like this. How many of you remember those? You remember those printers? Wow. All right, about 70% of you remember those printers. All right. Well, he would come back from his internship. He would work on his, his, you know, exegetical paper, his term paper, his his, uh, uh, theological perspective paper, whatever it was. And then about 12 or 1 or 2 a.m., he would be finished. And then he would think it's a brilliant idea to have it all printed out. 2 a.m., and I would wake up and I would say, Dear Todd, I've just been praying and fasting, but could you please um, print those papers later? No, I would say something more like, "Mm -hmm." and then then he would say, "Mm -hmm." and then at 2 a.m., here we are yelling and arguing at one another, and we're fighting, but can I tell you something? Even though the printer was from the depths of hell, <laughs> it wasn't about the printer. And it wasn't even about waking me up at all hours of the night. Sometimes we, we, we think we're fighting about something. It's kind of like, have um, you ever had those silly fights? Raise your hand if you've ever had some of the, the, the weirdest fights in the world. All right. Raise your hand if you fought on the way to church this morning. <laughs> If you have kids, I guarantee you did. <laughs> My kids are coming separate, so I was perfectly fine. <laughs> it's not about being on time, or, or we need to be on time, or we got to get the church on time. We got to meet the pastor, get in there, and fight It's not about that. The printer. It wasn't about the printer. Here is the cause of all relationship problems. It's our core fears. Write that down, if you're writing anything else. Core fears. And these core fears are those like that deep-seated buttons in us that when they get pushed, we react. So some core fears, for some, it's not being loved, and when you feel like you're not being loved, you react. For some, it's You fear losing someone you care about. You fear losing someone you care about or losing their love. And when that button gets pushed, you react. For some, it's not being heard. When you feel like you're not being heard, that core fear button gets pushed, and we react. For some, it's you feel rejected. For some, it's yeah, the core fear of being abandoned or being judged. For others, it's the core feel, fear of being helpless. For some, it's the core fear of being a failure. For some, it's the core fear of being stepped on or cheated or insignificant. And here's what happens when those core fears get pushed. We react. Some withdraw. You go to your room. You lock the door. And you put TV on, you go to your phone, and you just kind of like, I'm not dealing with it. Others escalate. That means you wake up at 2 a.m. and you're like, stop printing that paper. And he's like, I have to print that paper. And then it goes like this, like this, like this, like this. How many of you are like the escalator people? Like you just, you're just going to go and go and go. Anybody want to admit that? Who can admit that? All right, no one wants to admit it. All right, if you're with somebody, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> and, and you escalate it. For, for some, you go to sarcasm, and you belittle them. What do you really know? <laughs> you're just filling the blank. have <laughs> tantrums. Do you believe it or not? Adults have tantrums. Wives, is that true? Yeah, it is. We may, may not be like, meh, on the ground, but we'll be like, meh, standing up. be honest. many of you are throwing a tantrum before because you got mad. Come on, I'm raising my hand. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We've got the honest people up front here. Uh, Pastor Ron, they should get the star for being here right now. We'll present you with stars and lays later on. Great job. <laughs> for some, you go in denial. Uh, for others, um, um, you invalidate the other person. And that's partly this idea of, you don't really know anything, I know it all, that type of deal. But, but here's the deal, we all have core fears. We all have something, when that button gets pushed, that we react. And we always want to blame the other person, but it's never just about the other person. It isn't just about the other person. When I'm fighting with my, my friend Todd about the printer... We're not fighting about the printer. I'm. We're. We're fighting because I feel that uh, that he's not listening to me, so I feel insignificant, and that hits my core fear. And then I'm yelling at him, and he feels like he's invalidated because I hit one of his core fears. And then all of a sudden, we both happen to escalate it, and it goes bam, 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 bam. I say all this because this is so important. We are created for relationships. God is relational. That cannot be stated enough. And if we want to have a life that Jesus says in John 10, to, to life to the fullest, this life that's exciting, this life that has so much potential, we've got to get relationships right. And we've got to work on the stuff within our lives. Believe it or not, believe it or not, I'm not perfect. Sometimes you see people on stage and you go, man, they have it figured out. Let me tell you, no, we don't. We have issues. We all have issues. But we need to identify what those issues are in our lives. For some, it has to do the best thing to do is go through Christian counseling and work through some of that stuff. For some, it's you need to talk through a mentor to kind of help you through some of these life issues. For, for, for who knows, there's all these different things that we could do and, and everybody's in a, in, in a different spot. But, but sometimes, a lot of us, even myself included, here's what happens. Somebody hurts us and we don't want to forgive them. I'm not going to forgive them. They did this. Some, we like to hold grudges for 10 years. And after 10 years, you're like, well, why are you fighting with them? I don't know. But we're fighting. Relationships are so important. And if we do not learn to forgive, we are not going to grow in our relationship with God. Here's The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. He writes to these believers and he says this in Ephesians 1 7. He says, God is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave, say the word forgave, Forgave. our sins. He forgave our sins. On the cross, Jesus knew all of our sins. Past, present, and future. And on the cross, he still said, I am going to die for everybody's sins. Think about that. Sometimes we have problems forgiving people because they really hurt us. And remember, remember what I said, it's never about that issue. It's about those core fears that we have that we need to work on. But sometimes people hurt us and we don't want to forgive them. And it's difficult. And everybody's in a different you know, area. But I want to talk about the cross. Because it was on the cross that Jesus forgave us. And here's what's also interesting about the cross. It was on the cross that Jesus, who the writer of Hebrews says is our high priest, he died for us. And as he died for us, he gave us access to God. Remember what the priests would do in the Old Testament? The priests were the ones that would go to God on behalf of all the people. They'd offer all of these offerings and, 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 and all of that. That's the, the Levite clan uh, uh, you know, in the Old Testament uh, the 12 tribes. They would go to God on behalf of all the people, and that's what happened. Jesus, as our high priest, was the one that says, no, now you have access to God. Why? Because you, First Peter says, are a royal priesthood. That we have direct access to God. Now, follow me here. Let me bring this all together here. We are relational. But we mess up our relationships all the time. Why? Because we have stuff in our lives we need to work on. Yet, Jesus knew all of our sins and all of our issues. And guess what? He still died for us on the cross and rose again. Because of that, he has given us access to God. Now, some people say, well, why do we need to ask for forgiveness If He's already forgiven us of all of our sins. And there's two phrases I want to teach you. One is called positional forgiveness. Positional forgiveness. That's when we say, Lord, I need you. I am a sinner. I need your love. And I believe that you died and rose again. You're my Lord. That means our eternity is with the Lord forever. Amen? That's That's positional. Say positional. Now we have relational forgiveness. Say relational. All right. So we all know if you've ever been in a relationship of any kind, whether you are in middle school, high school, college, young adults, mature adults, really mature adults, whatever stage it is, in order for that relationship to continue to move forward, there must be forgiveness. If I say something silly to my wife, which... I do because, you know, I'm kind of thick-headed at times. I must go to her and say, baby, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. When all of that's worked out, guess what? We could work on our relationship. It's the same thing with God. We are created for relationships, right? Created for relationships. So what happens then is, yes, our position is in heaven with the Lord forever. That's great. But we ask for forgiveness when we fall short because of the sins in our lives so we can work on our relationship with God. That's relational forgiveness. And it all goes back to the fact that you and I are created for relationships. Now, let me give us just two things to think about. Two things to think about. One is this that being a follower of Jesus means that we wanna that we emulate emulate Christ then doesn't it follow or should it follow that we should forgive others? And the little sub-point there is maybe we need to forgive ourselves. Sometimes it is ourselves that is the hardest to forgive. The second thought I have is this. When we do forgive, it doesn't mean that we continue to let people walk all over us. It's like if someone comes into our house and steals everything, and then, and then you say, okay, I forgive you. And then a week later, you're like, hey, can you watch my house? We're going on vacation. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, does it? When we forgive somebody, we forgive them. But we don't have to put them in a position to let them to keep hurting us. Does that make sense? So so those are two things. One is, maybe who is it today, today, that you need to forgive? Who is it today that maybe you need to go to and say, you know what, I'm sorry I did this? Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Maybe they need to forgive. Maybe you need to work through some of this stuff here. But forgiveness is key. And when we forgive somebody, do not put them in a position to keep hurting you. That is not healthy at all. Now, as I end with this last thought here, relationships aren't easy, but that's life, right? Life is a journey. You ever thought that you would be here today? You know, think about all the choices that we make. When it comes to relationships, we've got to learn that God is ultimately in charge and that we want to trust him and, and make wise decisions that honor him and allow his spirit to lead us. And in that process, we've got to learn that maybe it's something that you and I need to work on and it's not someone else that needs to work on it. It's not that person over there that needs to work on it. It's the person here. What is it that we need to work on? What is it that that a deep-seated core fear in our lives that we need to work through? Maybe it's a past hurt that you've never dealt with. Maybe today is the day that you say, I'm gonna start working on that. Maybe tomorrow is the day you make the call to make that step to say, I'm gonna get better. When we work on our relationship with ourselves and find that healing, we start seeing God start transforming those past hurts in our lives, and we start seeing this freedom that we never thought we could live. And here's the cool part. Once we have that freedom in our lives, we start empowering others. We start being in the process of helping God heal others in that process. And the cool part is is that God uses us. It doesn't matter what stage of life we're in. God will use us to help others, to serve others, to be in relationship with others. It's so amazing as we look at the people God uses. It was always the people that no one would expect. And as I look at this congregation, as I look at, you know, the future, things like that, my encouragement with whatever happens to all of you, No matter what age you are, no matter how bad you've been, what you have done, God's not through with you. And just because you might have a lot of baggage in your life, God's not done with you. God uses messed up people. So if you have baggage, if you have hurt, if you have shame, God is in the business of forgiveness and of redemption. And as we receive that and as we start working on ourselves, you're going to start seeing yourself transformed and living a life that you never thought could be as exciting as it is. Why? Because it's God is at the center doing good things in our lives. Let me pray. Father, we um, don't always get relationships right. God, we don't always, uh, well, I'd rather say we, we always fall short. God, you do forgive us of all of our sins, and we are so grateful that you forgive us for our sins. Help us to forgive others just like you forgave us. But God, also help us to understand that as we're working through life, as we're working through those issues, you still use us. So Lord, my blessing and my prayer for everyone here, myself included, is that you would start using us where we are. Give us a sense of renewal That we so desperately need. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone says, Amen. Amen.